And uh, it is the title of the series that we're beginning today called Speak. And it's actually not a series on confession. It's a series about the Lord speaking to every believer. And uh, whether you realize it or not, uh, the Lord wants to speak to you. And if you uh, tune in your ears, you'd find out he is speaking to you. Uh, what actually happens many times is uh, we get distracted by a lot of other things going on or we're looking for the wrong type of voice. And so uh, the reality is that God himself wants to speak to every single one of you. And he has a message for you. And his words are full of faith. And they're full of power. And if you receive his words... Uh, then you'll have faith immediately in every situation, every time you don't miss it. And so let's begin uh, with uh, 1 Samuel chapter 3. 1 Samuel chapter 3. Uh, we're going to focus in on verse 9, but for context, I'll read uh, beginning verse 1. 1 Samuel chapter 3. And the child Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision, and it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place, and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. And uh, ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and Samuel laid down to sleep, that the Lord God called Samuel, and he answered, Here am I. And he said unto Eli, uh, and he ran to Eli, and he said, Here I am. Uh, for you called me. And he said, I have not called you. Lie down again. And he went and lie down. And the Lord called yet again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for you did call me. And he answered, I called you not, my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I. For you did call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Therefore, Eli said unto Samuel, Go, lie down, and it shall be, if he call you, that you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place, and the Lord came and stood and called, as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, Speak, for your servant hears. Now let's look over at uh, our main uh, scripture, Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. So then, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So then, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Somebody said, and it's very true, that you actually cannot separate walking by faith from being led by the Spirit. You can't separate walking by faith from being led by the Spirit. Well, well, why is that? Well, because walking by faith, what is walking by faith? How do you walk by faith? Well, you really have to figure out what is faith. Uh, so what is faith? Some people say, well, faith is a deep conviction. That's true. Faith is a deep conviction. Uh, but when we're talking about faith in God, so then therefore we're talking about a deep conviction in God or of God, or that comes from God. Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty two, 22, have faith in God. 
And then he said, you know, you can speak to this mountain and it'll move. And whatever you desire in your heart when you pray, believe that you receive it and you'll have it. Uh, some of the most, probably the most profound statements that Jesus ever said in the word of God concerning faith. Uh, but Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Well, so then faith, which is the Greek word pistis, faith or pistis comes by hearing, but not just hearing anything. So just hearing anything doesn't bring faith, doesn't give faith, doesn't impart faith, doesn't awaken faith, doesn't uh, ignite faith. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Or faith comes by hearing the word of God. And so, uh, number one, faith doesn't come by having heard the word of God. Faith comes by hearing. It's present tense. So if you're going to have some faith, that means that you are hearing the word of God. Literally, it says in the Greek, it says the rhema of God, which is uh, the spoken word of God to you or the word of God that the spirit of God makes so real. It's as if he's speaking to you at the moment. It becomes alive. It's like if you uh, studied the word of God and you have, uh, you know, I Bible quizzed uh, for a couple of years when I was a younger man, junior high school. And when I Bible quizzed afterwards, uh, I remember I got filled with the Spirit, and uh, I grew up as a, uh, well, I, I grew up as a Christian because I accepted Christ at a young age of four years old. And uh, so I grew up as a Christian, and uh, in other words, it's not automatic. You have to receive him. As many as received him, to them he gave the right to be the children of God. It's not automatic. I used to have some people in my extended family that they said, well, we were just always saved. And I said, that's not possible. You can't just always have been saved. Uh, because of the fall in the garden, all of mankind was cursed and separated from God. When Adam and Eve sinned, uh, that affected all of mankind. So somebody said, well, if the Lord is good, couldn't you just be good and go to heaven? Couldn't you just do good things? If you do enough good things, couldn't you just go to heaven? Because why would God, if someone gave up their whole life and they're just being good to people and helping people, that's not fair. That doesn't seem fair. Why would he do that? Well, because the problem is not man's goodness. The problem is man's nature. And man's nature was fallen from the garden. And man became separated from God. So salvation... And receiving the Lord Jesus Christ is not based upon how much good we can do or how good the good we do is, the quality of the goodness. Salvation is based on faith in Christ alone. And when you have faith in Christ, according to 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become brand new. That is how you uh, get in Christ. In Romans, we're reading Romans chapter 10, verse 17. If you back up Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, what does it say? Uh, the word is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. What does it say? That if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart man believes to righteousness and with the mouth 
confession is made unto salvation. Well, if you believe in your heart that God raised Christ from the dead and you confess him as your Lord with your mouth, you are born again. You are a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. But you actually don't know that. You don't even know a need for that until the Spirit of God convicts you that you have not believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, which is the first way that he'll speak to you. So Romans chapter 10, continuing reading again, verse 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You could say my working definition for faith for this series is faith is doing what you hear God say. Or faith is doing what God shows you. So if you're going to be a person of faith, you're going to have to do whatever you hear God say. Well, what does that mean? Well, let's go over to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. And verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. One translation, I think it's Moffat's, says, now faith is giving substance to things hoped for. In other words, you can have a hope, and you have to have hope, otherwise you can't have any faith, because uh, faith gives substance to hope. So uh, you can have a hope for a better day or brighter future. You have a hope for children. You have a hope... Uh, uh, to enter into the call of God upon your life. Uh, you have a hope. But without faith, there's no substance to that hope. It's just a dream. It's just a desire. <clears throat> what things soever you desire. Whatever you desire. But faith will actually give that substance. Well, Romans 10, 17 says, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, or the rhema of God, or God speaking to you. So if you could just hear from God, well, then you'll have faith in whatever area that you hear from God in. So if you need faith for finances, you need to hear from God in financial things. Like, what does he say about finances? What does he say concerning your finances? Because as soon as you hear him speak, there's faith. Well, faith doesn't come just from reading the word of God alone. Some of my favorite parts of this message, which I've never preached before. So faith does not come from reading the word of God alone. Faith does not come from reading the word of God in a group. I didn't mean it that way, but it sounded that way, so that's why I said that. <laughs> faith does not come from reading the Word of God aloud on its own. Faith, according to the Word of God, comes from hearing God speak to you. So if you don't read the Word of God, if you don't hear the Word of God, well, you're not going to be getting the faith of God but reading the word alone or just hearing the words that are written in the pages of the Bible spoken alone does not produce faith. Now, if you uh, think maybe I'm not accurate, then let me just tell you uh, that you can think of 
your favorite denomination or undenomination or non-denomination, and you could think of some of the greatest scholars of that denomination who have been studying and studying and studying and studying and after years and a lifetime and doctorates have absolutely zero faith. Yet they're studying that same book because faith comes by hearing the rhema of God or faith comes by hearing God speak to you. Well, if you have an area, you know, they, uh, in one of the monasteries, the, these guys had been down there and they'd been studying in the basement. And one of the particular monks was down there and he had been studying for years and years and years and years. And all of a sudden, the other monks that were upstairs heard this guy from the, the catacombs. He just let out a screech. He's like, ah, ah, ah. He said, it's celebrate, not celibate. You get it? They talk about the monks. You take a vow of celibacy, and he's down there looking at the original manuscripts, and finally he looks, and he's like, ah! I didn't have to be celibate all this time. Just kind of trying to lighten the thing a little bit. But people will give their whole lives studying this and what's the original, and, and I love the original, uh, if you know me, so I'm not uh, dinging on people like that. Uh, but if you try to study the Word of God alone without the Spirit of God, uh, you're kind of like walking in the dark, literally, uh, because uh, the Spirit of God brings light and revelation and understanding. And when He speaks, faith is present then to act. In other words, as soon as He reveals to you uh, through the Word of God, or, you know, faith doesn't come by praying. So you can pray and pray and pray and pray and pray and have zero faith. However, you could get faith while you're praying, but you're going to have to stop talking long enough to hear from God while you're praying for faith to come while you're praying. Because faith comes by hearing the word of God. So if you're praying and the Lord is speaking to you, well, then faith is present right then. Because the Lord is speaking. So you can get faith while you're praying, but praying doesn't, prayer doesn't give you faith on its own. Just like you can read the Word of God, but the, the Word of God, without the assistance of the Holy Spirit, is not going to bring you any faith. Actually, knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. So if you want to look at um, something interesting, you can look at uh, uh, Bible schools, and you can find a lot of people that learn a lot of head knowledge and get a lot of uh, puffed upness, if that's a word. But they don't necessarily get faith because faith comes from hearing God. Now, uh, some people say, well, you can't hear God. God doesn't speak. You know, uh, uh, that's kind of eerie. Uh, not anybody here probably says that, but some people think that. Uh, but the reality is, you are his sheep and you know his voice and the voice of a stranger you don't follow. Most of the time, your problem and my problem is that we're trying to hear with our natural ears or see with our natural eyes or feel with our natural flesh. Like, I, I got to get a feeling. I just don't feel saved today. I just don't feel like he hears me when I pray. 
Uh, sometimes, if you would actually say out loud what you're thinking, and if you have uh, much Bible teaching at all, you will stop. You'll correct yourself because you'll say, I just don't feel like the Lord's hearing me. It's like, oh, I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm moved only by what I believe, and I believe the word. So if you don't have faith in an area, you can school yourself into faith or train yourself into faith in that area. How do you do that? Well, if the Lord is not speaking to you about a particular thing, um, then if you get the word of God and you begin to meditate the word of God in that area and you begin to look in your heart to the Lord, uh, he will begin to speak to you concerning that. In other words, it will be, you'll begin to see things that you didn't see before or hear things that you didn't hear before. Now let's look over at Hebrews 11 again. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So if faith is simply doing what you hear God say, let me just, let's just read Hebrews chapter 11 uh, with that uh, in place of the word faith. Verse 3, through doing what you hear God say, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Verse 4, by doing what he heard God said, Abel offered of God a more excellent sacrifice. Verse 5, by doing what he heard God say, Enoch was translated that he should not see death uh, and was, found, was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without doing what you hear God say, it's impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. By doing what he heard God say, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by which also he condemned the world and became heir of righteousness, which is by doing what you hear God say. By doing what he heard God say, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out not knowing where he was going. In other words, he stepped out on what God said. He had something more solid that Hebrews 11.1 1 calls substance, and that is the very words of God. And that's what he stepped out on. Like, how could they do that? How could they, in the face of that, right in the, in the midst of that the utter defeat, how could they just stand out? Because they had heard from God. And hearing from God, I'm going to pick up here in a second, and hearing from God is not just like uh, Moses and, the, and the, the bush that didn't burn. Right? We, we sometimes think that, or on the mountain, you know, and the, the Hebrew children are like, don't, Lord, don't speak to us, God, don't speak to us, you speak to him, and he'll speak to us. Imagine that. God wanted to speak. But they got scared. Well, the Lord does speak that way sometimes, but that's not the primary way that he speaks. Uh, the primary way that he speaks is through an inward witness. On the inside, Romans chapter 8, verse 14 and verse 16, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And then the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. In other words, the first way and also the primary way that God will speak to the believer is through the inward witness. Well, what is the inward witness? 
Well, inward witness, I like to use the example uh, because it's a great opportunity for me to um, speak protection over the whole church, that this intersection right out in front of uh, the school is very commonly, uh, has a lot of accidents. You know, if you're on uh, Gallows Road there and you're turning left or uh, across the traffic uh, to come here. Uh, in fact, this morning we were putting up flags. I saw a bunch of uh, car parts just piled kind of like on, on the edge right there. And that happens about at least once a month, it seems like. I'll see car parts there. And, um, but if we happen to see someone cross there and they were in a red car and a, another yellow truck came and hit them, and we were out there, maybe we're all doing the flags or whatever we're doing out there, we would all be witness to that. And then we would all be able to say, yeah, I saw a red car, a yellow truck hit the red car. And I said, Dave, did you see that? He said, yeah, I saw that too. Okay, when he said, yeah, I saw that too, he's witnessing what I just said. So you know, when I read the words of God, Sometimes, well, primarily, as South's going to seem, the Lord will say, yeah, I saw that too. More likely, he'll say, did you see that too? Because obviously he saw it. In other words, he's affirming what he's already said to you in the word. The word and the spirit agree. So it's the same spirit, right? So as we go on in the series, we'll, we'll get more in depth how you can be led by the spirit and listening to the uh, voice of the spirit. But I wanted to pause just to say, uh, don't have the idea that we're talking about like fire and smoke and thunder because uh, most of the time the Lord's not in that. He's in this still, small voice, like a gentle whisper. Like if you're too consumed with everything else that's going on, you're gonna miss it. You're not going to hear what the Lord is saying to you. You're not going to perceive the voice of the Lord. Uh, you're going to trip up because you're looking for uh, this thundering, all-encompassing, hey, let me get your attention. Like the Lord doesn't speak on a PA. But he does speak through me on the PA, of course. You know. <laughs> what I'm saying is it's not like a, a thundering, booming voice. But you know, if you're wise right now, if you have any experience, and if, you're, if you don't have experience, then you just learn. You look to the Holy Spirit right now while I'm teaching because he will not only bring light, revelation, understanding concerning what I'm saying, but you know he multitasks. You know, I, I, I've gotten some amazing uh, revelation just listening to the word of God taught. Do you know why? Because the part of your being where he speaks is your spirit and you become in tune with your spirit where he is. And so you're listening with the ears of your spirit, not your natural ears, but the ears of your spirit, and you're seeing with the eyes of your spirit. And so you're actually positioned so that you can hear. And I tell sometimes about a friend of mine who pastored a church, and we had some small disagreements. And uh, so he was telling me about... Um, this uh, program they had, and they would get some measure of results in the lives of people. And, um, so but they were doing some stuff that really wasn't, uh, to me, that utterly scriptural. And so I said to him, I said, well, you know, the reason that you're getting those results is not because of what you're doing at these encounter weekend events. The reason you're getting the results is because, uh, let me, I, I said to him, I said, be careful when I say his name. I said, uh, let me guess. You tell the people when they sign up for this, 
you know, be praying about the Lord speaking to you during this encounter weekend, which was like a Friday, Saturday. He's like, yeah, yeah, that's what we say. And I said, well, let me, and I had not researched his little program or anything except for the, the, the one part he had told me. And I said, well, let me guess. You probably also tell their families to be praying for them. Yeah, that's exactly what we tell them. And um, I said, so then they go on this encounter weekend and they hear from God, don't they? He's like, yeah. I'm like, it's awesome. Isn't it awesome? And I said, they don't hear from God because of what you're saying at that meeting. They hear from God in spite of. Because they have set aside time to look to the Lord and listen to the Lord. And God, you cannot draw near to God and him not draw near to you. So whenever you feel like, I feel like, I feel like, I can't hear from God. He's not speaking to me. Well, most of the time, you're not listening with your spirit. You're trying to receive communication from God some other way. John chapter 4 is such a good illustration of this, where Jesus came to the woman at the well of Samaria. And, um, you know, she's talking about, uh, you know, hey, he said, will you give me some water? And she said, uh, uh, well, how can you? Well, let's turn that real quick. John chapter 4. John chapter 4. I'm going to start with verse 10. Jesus answered and said to her, If you know the, knew the gift of God and who it was that says to you, Give me to drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you don't have anything to draw with, and the well is deep. From where are you going to get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? <laughs> Jesus answered and said to her. So notice, before I pick up here with what Jesus said, that she's thinking natural. And she's talking natural. And she's like, are you greater than our father Jacob? I don't think so. Well, he was, of course. Jesus answered and said, whoever drinks of this water is going to thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never thirst. But the water that I will give him will be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. So Jesus is like saying, no, 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 no. We're not talking. You're thinking natural water. You're thinking natural thirst. I'm talking about supernatural water, and I'm talking about a supernatural thirst. And I'm talking about, uh, I will give you water that will never dry up. Verse 15, the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I won't thirst or come here to draw. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come here. Jesus answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You've well said that you don't have a husband, for you have five husbands, and he whom you now have is not your husband. In that you said truly. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. I love that. It's one of my favorite lines. <laughs> Wait a minute. You just told me about all these uh, husbands and the one I have now is not my husband. I perceive that you're a prophet. 
our fathers worship in this mountain, and you say in Jerusalem is a place where men ought to worship. Jesus answered and said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour comes when you neither in this mountain, this is verse 21, nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship, you know not what. We know what we worship, for salvations of the Jews. But the hour comes, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeks such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. God is a spirit. God is not a mind, and God is not a body. God is a spirit. And if you're going to worship God, if you're going to draw near to him, if you're going to um, commune with him and hear from him, it's going to be in the spirit or by the spirit or by your own spirit. So God's not a mind. So you can try to think and think and think and think and think and think and think close thoughts to God and think all these even scriptures. But unless that thinking and that meditation uh, is ignited by the Spirit of God, there is no faith there. So there is no relationship there. So there is no nearness there. So there is no direction there. So there is no substance there. So you can think and 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 think. But without the Spirit of God, um, you will not have the relationship. Verse 9, back to verse 9 of Hebrews chapter 11. By doing what he heard God say, he sojourned in the land of promise and in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. He looked for a city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Through doing what she heard God say, also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Or she judged that he is one that does what he says. Okay, so let's just stay on verse 11, chapter 11, verse 11 there. Through faith or through doing what she heard God say, Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed. Do you know I found in my own life in following the Lord and living a life of faith that if you try to make it real complicated and real big, if it's really difficult, you are not living by faith because the Lord speaks to you in a still small voice and he knows exactly what you believe. Nothing shall be impossible to him that believes. That's the same root word as faith, pistis. Nothing shall be impossible to him that pistis. Well, that could make a funny joke, couldn't it? Okay. <laughs> so, nothing shall be impossible to him that believes. But the Lord knows exactly what you're going through. He knows the details of your circumstance and of your situation in more detail than what I know or you know even though you spent hours and hours investigating this and trying to figure it out and trying to change it and trying to make this happen and make that happen, he knows way more. But without faith, Hebrews eleven six, 6, it's impossible to please him. So God has a plan for your life and my life 
that he requires faith in order for you to please him. In order for you to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant, you could say, he wants you to live by faith. You have to live by faith because you can't come to God without coming by faith. In other words, you can't come to God without doing what you hear him say. So the original thing is, uh, you know what? Without Christ in your life, you have no access to me. But if you confess my son as your Lord and believe in your heart that I raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. So if I do what I hear God say when I hear him say that, what will happen? I shall be saved. In other words, I partake of uh, the very faith of God and the very life of God. But when the Lord speaks, we're, we're, if we're Sarah and we want faith to conceive a child, or excuse me, strength to conceive a child, what do we need? We need faith. Well, how do we get faith? Well, we hear God speak. But did you know that sometimes we're listening for the Lord to say, go have sex with your husband right now and you'll conceive a child, just as an example. Yet the Lord is actually saying, if you listen to him and look to the inside, He's saying, how are you treating this person? Why did you treat them that way? Or the Lord may say, you need to go look in Isaiah. I want you to look at this scripture over in Isaiah. And we think, because we're trying to, with our natural mind, approach the Father. We're trying to say, Lord, that's not the scripture that I need. I really need this scripture that there is no barren in the land. Yet the whole time we have an unction on the inside leading us this direction. What I'm trying to say is we a lot of times make it want to have a burning bush experience where the Lord says, uh, you shall now be great with child. In fact, I'll accelerate the pregnancy so that you'll only be pregnant one month. <laughs> and there'll be no pain and it'll be bliss. And... Yet the Lord has a pathway for each of us to follow that is a pathway of doing what he says to us. It's called a pathway of faith or walking by faith. And one step at a time, if you follow the Lord, he has never led me wrong once in my entire life. When I have followed him, I have never missed it. I did not say I have never missed it. But when I have followed him, I have never missed it. And I'm pretty sure, uh, as I look back on my life, the times when I have missed it, that I can go back and I can tell, I can't think of one that I can't do this. I can go back and say, oh, I got in a hurry. I was trying to do things my way. And the Lord was actually saying, do such and such. But I thought, well, literally, I thought I know better, but I would never think that thought. You know, as, as an isolated thought. Do you understand what I'm saying? We don't think those thoughts, and then so therefore we don't even, we don't even uh, consider that possibility because, um, you know, <laughs> Brother Hagen uh, was, had some amazing experiences with the Lord, and the first time uh, Jesus actually appeared to him, uh, he fell at his feet, he said, and um, he said, Lord, I'm so unworthy. 
no one as unworthy as I am have ever been worthy to come into your presence. He said, Jesus looked down at me kind of sternly and said, stand upright on your feet. You are worthy. My blood has made you worthy. And you know, I had heard that story many times, but one time I heard that. And I realized that when I don't appropriate the blood of Jesus and the sanctifying, life-giving, righteousness-inducing power of the blood in my own life, I might as well be saying the blood of Jesus is not worthy. And I found out, whoa, I would never say that. I would never think that. But by me acting the way I was acting, I was declaring that very thing. It changed me because I would never do that, yet I was doing that. Do you understand? I'm just using that for an example that, you know, a lot of times the way that we see ourselves, if you don't look to the Spirit of God so that He can help you see where you can change and improve and grow, uh, you could be stuck the same way in 10 years that you are today. But if you live by doing what you hear God say or by faith, man, your life is in for huge changes and you will grow more next week than what you grew last week. And you'll grow more next year than what you grew, uh, than even what you're growing now. In other words, it's a life of continual blessedness and growth because you're allowing the Lord to have a say and to speak into your life. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've never... Um, come into the house of God, or maybe you would say, I've, I've never even had the Lord speak to me. Well, the Spirit of God, if that's you, the Spirit of God is going to speak to you right now. He loves you. He has a plan for your life. And the plans that He has for your life are not to keep you down and hurt you and restrict you but they're actually to give you more freedom than what you have ever known. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty and there is freedom and there is life and life upon life. If you're here this morning, you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you'd like to, slip up your hands so we can pray with you and for you. Spirit of God, come and live inside of you. Live with you. If you're here this morning and you were living for the Lord, but... Uh, you let a lot of other things come in and uh, crowd out your relationship with the Lord and you'd like to come back. Come back into the house of God like the prodigal son. You'd like to come back. You see, you see that you don't have to be eaten with the pigs, but you can actually be in the palace. If that's you this morning, slip up your hand. We'll pray with you and for you. And thirdly, if you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, Jesus said... You wait until you be filled with power from on high so that you'll be witnesses to me. If you'd like to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, slip up your hand. Amen. Heavenly Father, Father, we love you. We thank you. We thank you for your word, that you've given us your word and that you didn't just leave us alone with your word, but you gave us your spirit. Father, I thank you that he leads us, guides us, and takes what you've said to us and reminds us and takes the words of Christ and your words and makes them real to us in our life. So, Father, I pray for 
each and every person that's under the sound of my voice right now. Father, that during this series that you have laid on our hearts, Father, that you'd help each of us to have hearts that are receptive to you, to your spirit, to your word. Father, that we'll have hearts to obey. Father, that you'll open unto us your word as never before. And Father, that even in our daily life, our comings and our goings, at home, at the office, on our commute, and throughout our daily lives, Father, that we will live conscious of your indwelling presence, attentive to the voice of your spirit. Father, that this series for each of us will be life-changing. Father, we thank you that one word from you changes everything. So, Father, I thank you that you do just what you said, that you speak to us, that you help us, comfort us, strengthen us, and show us the plan and the path to be on. I plead the blood of Jesus over every single person that's here and that's listening. In Jesus' name, amen.